and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, and once again, I want to I wanna genuinely uh, thank you guys. Uh, everybody that takes uh, a time out of their day, takes an hour out of their day to, to listen to this podcast, or, or maybe you listen to it at work, or, or if you're going for a run, or, or whatever you're doing, uh, I genuinely really, really appreciate uh, you guys listening to the show. Um, you know, this isn't, it's not a high production uh, show here. We don't um, have a ton of money. We're not, uh, you know, we're not getting hundreds of thousands of downloads every time. But uh, I, I really, really appreciate uh, everybody that, that downloads this show and is supporting this show and, and is, is a part of spreading the show. I just, just wanted to, once again, really, really thank you guys for, for being with me here at the beginning of this of this journey here with this podcast and I hope uh, hope I continue to entertain you guys and um, and uh, teach you guys some stuff about football maybe some of you that uh, don't know quite as much about football as 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 you'd like to or, or just don't know that much about football hopefully I can you know teach you guys something or or just keep you entertained for for an hour of your day so again thank you from the bottom of my heart I really really appreciate you guys listening to the show and thank you so much for for all the kind words that a lot of you guys have sent me on Instagram or or Twitter or whatever. Thank you guys so much for for all your support and for for taking time out of your day to to listen to some guy talk about football in his bedroom. But yeah, we're uh, we're recording this show again on a on a lazy uh, Sunday evening. I usually try to record these shows on Saturdays. Uh, I've been cr- procrastinating with that uh, the last couple of weeks. I've been holding it off until Sundays and. And it's, you know, it's, it's been hard to make time. Uh, the weather is becoming really, really nice outside. Uh, so we've been spending some time uh, hanging out with some family and, and some friends outside. Uh, obviously, keeping the social distancing rules in mind and, and trying to do our best to not uh, obviously spread the uh, coronavirus. But uh, it's, it's times like this when the weather is starting to get nice outside. Uh, it makes you really long for uh, the good old days, I guess. Long for normalcy. In your life, um, and and I think the same goes with sports. Uh, you know, lately we've uh, definitely myself. I've been really, really missing sports. Um, I, right now, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of the NBA. I really love the Toronto Raptors, and I, I believe right now it would be the conference finals of the NBA if if the season was never canceled. So uh, that's got me really, really missing missing sports, uh, missing that that thing that that brings a lot of people together. Uh, in that in sports, I, I think it it's a shared experience that uh, we you know this I think society is is lacking right now. It's it's that that shared experience of sports that brings people together. Obviously, it can also tear people apart. But um, here on this show, we like to focus more on the bringing the people together. And I think uh, you know a lot of people have have been very critical of the NFL the last few weeks with the whole schedule release and and. The NFL kind of announcing they're they're re- ready to just move on right now, as if the NFL season is going to be a normal season, despite the COVID nineteen thing uh, going on right now. Uh, the NFL is is expecting and and hopeful that that the that the we will have a normal football season. And a lot of people have been very critical of that, uh, maybe saying that it's it's uh, not the smartest move by the NFL. But to me, uh, I think in times like this, you know, times where uh, I think everybody is getting quite uh, tired of the social distancing, tired of the quarantine, tired of the the, the virus. Um, you know, we need to have hope, and I think the NFL is is doing that right now. They're, you know, we don't know uh, right now. There's times of serious uncertainty in the world right now. Um, we don't know uh, not only when life will get back together. Nonetheless, sports. You know, obviously the most important part is just getting life back together and getting. Uh, this virus under control, but you know we don't know when life will be back uh, to normalcy. I think the only thing we can have during times like this is is hope and 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 really really hoping and praying that things will get back to normal and and we can go out and and watch a movie. Uh, you know, go out and and have wings on a Friday after a long week of work and and go out to sporting events and and spend time with people that we love and and go to parties and 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 really just enjoy each other's company you know we right now all we have is hope and I certainly really really hope that we get back to that point uh get back to normalcy sooner rather than later but like I said at this point we don't know so 
if this podcast can whatsoever, uh, whatsoever be a, a distraction for you guys, uh, something that um, can maybe take your mind off all the craziness going on in the world, I hope I can do that for you guys. Uh, I hope I can entertain you, maybe help you uh, escape a little bit. Uh, that's what this podcast has definitely been for me. Uh, last few weeks is, you know, times can be stressful, times can be crazy right now, but you know, we, we cannot lose hope and, and we, we have to stay positive and, and continue to just find things that we enjoy, find the things that we love to, to lift us up in times like this. Anyways, uh, that's enough of the sappy emotional, uh, stuff at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, we're just going to jump right into the distraction, jump into the show. Uh, we got the NFC version of last week's show where we go around uh, division by division in the NFC. We're going to talk about one big question I have for every team going into uh, the 2020 NFL season. If you haven't listened to the AFC version of this show, be sure to do that. Uh, but before we get into all that, we're going to get go around the NFL and, and get into some of the news that, that happened this week. Sort of a slower time right now in the NFL, but there is some still some news going on, some little bits and pieces to to keep us entertained. Uh, but let's just jump right into the news. First up in the news, we actually have some trade rumors uh, going on this week. A couple players that could potentially uh, be finding new homes next season. Uh, some players that potentially could be on the trade block. First up, we have Miami Dolphins quarterback, uh, third string quarterback, I guess now you could call him. Uh, Josh Rosen, the former number 10 overall pick, I believe, in the draft just two years ago. Uh, obviously, his career has not turned out so far, but there's there's been some reports this week that there are teams uh, potentially calling the Dolphins to try to trade for Josh Rosen this week um, or trade for him in the future. Obviously, Miami has Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, who thoroughly outplayed Josh Rosen last year, and they obviously, with the number five pick in this year's draft, they drafted to a Tongo Vailoa, so he is definitely the future there in Miami. Josh Rosen, maybe not much of a future uh, other than maybe being a really good backup in the future, but uh, I don't know how much I totally believe these rumors. To me, it was not that long ago people were just talking about how Josh Rosen has no trade value whatsoever, and to me that makes a lot more sense than teams knocking at the Dolphins' door trying to trade for Josh Rosen right now. I don't know what you could possibly even give up for a guy like Josh Rosen. I mean... Uh, the guy has not shown anything really as a pro that would make you think that he could develop into a, a decent franchise quarterback. I mean, he was uh, obviously the Dolphins did not have an incredible amount of talent last year, and neither did the, did the Cardinals when he played for them uh, his rookie season. But to me, you know, it's hard to even look at his his career, look at his his film right now, and see uh, anything encouraging at this point. Um, so to me, this seems like the Dolphins may be leaking out some information uh, out there to try to maybe uh, raise his his trade value. I, I don't see teams giving up much. I could see the Dolphins potentially saying, hey, uh, we're having offers. We're having people trying to trade for Josh Rosen, trying to get teams to think, oh, okay, maybe we need to trade for Josh Rosen. Maybe we need to potentially outbid these teams who may or may not be existent. So I, I, I wouldn't expect Josh Rosen to be traded anytime soon. I think uh, he'll go into training camp, uh, go in, into the preseason if we have a training camp or preseason this season, and he'll get some some reps. Uh, the Dolphins have made this this offense simpler this year with the hiring of Chan Gailey, so uh, maybe we see him vastly improve this preseason, and maybe we do get a trade at the end of the preseason, but I don't think we're going to get a trade anytime soon with Josh Rosen. Coming up... Uh, Next, more of a, a higher profile, higher named guy on the trade block. And this is a guy who's been constantly, constantly, constantly been rumored to have wanted a trade or or the team is trying to trade him. That's Jamal Adams with the with the New York Jets. Uh, apparently, they are they were in contract talks uh, for the last few months. And, and those contract talks have seemed to kind of stalled, come to an impasse. And, and apparently, Jamal Adams... Uh, if you believe some of the reports that are out there right now, Jamal Adam, Adams wants wants a trade, wants a potential trade out of out of New York, and and there's there's been reports that the, that the Jets are are willing to hear offers. I know just last year the Dallas Cowboys 
were, were trying pretty aggressively to trade for Jamal Adams. Obviously, the deal never got done. Uh, so, but I think that's a spot we could see him potentially go. Uh, other than that, I don't I don't know how much you can really give up for a safety. He is a really really good safety, a generational type talent. He's probably one of the best safeties in the NFL already. Uh, you know, as a really young player, he's not even done his rookie contract yet. But I, I I don't know how much you can give up for a safety. We saw last year that with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they gave up a first round pick and and then some for Minka Fitzpatrick. That ended ended up working out pretty well for them. So. Uh, there's been some reports that the Jets are looking for potentially a first and a third. Uh, so I, I don't know if there's any teams out there that would potentially uh, want to do that. Uh, I could definitely see a team like the Cowboys who seem to be in win-now mode, who who have really loaded that offense that they have there in Dallas and maybe now need to get a couple more pieces on defense to make it a more balanced attack. But yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on is this Jamal Adams, New York Jets situation. Uh, we could potentially see Jamal Adams moving teams or or hopefully, you know, something gets resolved. Either he gets a new contract or or he gets traded because the story is getting a little bit tired at this point with Jamal Adams constantly whining about the New York Jets and the New York Jets whining about Jamal Adams. Next up in the news, we have defensive end Alden Smith, uh, the guy who was out of the league for five years recently got signed by the Dallas Cowboys who we were just talking about he has been reinstated officially reinstated by the NFL obviously he was uh, banned from the NFL after all the off the field issues I hardly remember all the stuff that he was involved in I know there was I think there was something with a bomb threat and then he was some other assault charges he's just he's been through a lot of crazy crazy stuff in his career so uh, he's obviously been out of the league for five years and I think, you know, some people that are, are maybe just recently getting into the NFL don't really understand how good Alden Smith was before, you know, crap really hit the fan in this guy's career. The guy was a dominant force, really an up-and-coming superstar in the NFL. I mean, the guy got sacks, uh, mad sacks every year. Uh, he was a, a an all-pro type of player before everything hit the fan. How much can we expect of him now? Uh, at, at 31 after five years, half a decade out of the NFL. Uh, you know, I don't think we can expect a whole lot out of him, but he has been officially reinstated, so he will be able to to potentially um, try to make the team there in Dallas. There's no guarantee this guy even makes the team uh, there in Dallas. They do have uh, a, definitely a need at the edge rusher position. Obviously, they lost uh, Robert Quinn last year. They have Demarcus Lawrence, but other than that, they, they need a lot of help at that pass rush uh, position so obviously the Dallas Cowboys are really hoping that Alden Smith can can be a big part of that pass rush be a big part of that defense and hopefully even just bring back just a slight glimmer of what he was when he was blossoming into this into this superstar pass rusher but uh, also along the same lines Josh Gordon apparently will is going to be applying for reinstatement who freaking cares I mean this guy He'll probably be suspended by the end of next season again. I know the NFL has laxed its rules on suspending players for for drug uh, offenses, mostly marijuana offenses. But, I mean, Josh Gordon, I think he'll find a way to be suspended again. Josh Gordon is one of those guys that's so fun to watch and so unbelievably talented and, and amazing, uh, but just constantly finds a way to screw it up by smoking weed or doing whatever he's doing. Uh, off the field so yeah Josh Gordon will apply for reinstatement reportedly shortly uh, hopefully he gets it uh, so he can be suspended again before the playoffs this upcoming season <laughs> and another small thing in the news uh, there's been some some changes to the hiring process the coach hiring and firing uh, and interview process uh, the NFL got together and, and made some changes uh, the Rooney rule which which recently, uh, has changed. Uh, it's a, in case you guys don't know what the Rooney Rule is. Uh, basically, every NFL team that is interviewing uh, candidates for a new head coach uh, up till this point had to interview at least one uh, coach that is a minority, one coach of color. Uh, that's now been changed to two coaches. So now, before you hire a coach, you need to um, interview two minority candidates for that head coaching position. And this. Uh, topic has gotten a lot of backlash from both sides. A lot of people thinking it's stupid to to have a rule where you need to uh, 
help out minorities get in these positions. A lot of people think that it's great. And to me, you know, you look in the NFL and there's not a lot of uh, minority head coaches. Uh, off the top of my head, I can think of, of Brian Flores in Miami and I can think of Anthony Lynn in Los Angeles. And I'm probably missing, oh, Mike Tomlin, I guess, in, in Pittsburgh. But, you know, other than that, there's not a whole lot of minority coaches in the NFL. You can, uh, like, you have Ron Rivera in Washington, but it, it, it is kind of bizarre, kind of peculiar to see that there aren't that many minority head coaches and, and position coaches and uh, executives, GMs. There's so few minority candidates that really, it seems, get a fair shot. So uh, hopefully this, this helps minorities get jobs. Guys like the Chiefs offensive coordinator, uh, coordinator uh, Eric Bieniemy. a lot of people were stunned when he didn't get a head coaching job last year. Hopefully this helps a guy like him uh, potentially get a head coaching job. And uh, another change made to the hiring process is now teams cannot um, block position coaches from interviewing for coordinator positions. So this is something that just makes sense to me. It doesn't seem really fair to to block a guy from interviewing for a, a better job somewhere else, that a, a job where he'll make more money. You know, the NFL is such a competitive league and it's such a hard business to get into that you know, you might not have those same opportunities next year as you have this year to go and get a coordinator position. So if you're, the say, the quarterback's coach on the San Francisco 49ers and you have a chance to interview for an offensive coordinator for, say, the Jets, you know, I think I don't think it's fair for the coach to be able to block you from doing that because who knows, next year the 49ers might fall off and not be anything that they were this year and you might never get that opportunity again. So that's obviously encouraging for a lot of position coaches to move up the ranks uh, easier and not have that unfair um, block by the by the head coaches or the general managers. And finally, uh, in the news, we have a couple of, of lower tier signings. The New York Jets actually signed a backup quarterback. They signed former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco, former elite quarterback Joe Flacco, to a one-year contract worth $1.5 million dollars. It's insane to me that Joe Flacco has a job before Cam Newton. Uh, I guess, you know, Joe Flacco's elite and he's got that Super Bowl MVP, which Cam Newton doesn't have. But uh, I guess this is a, a good move to get a, a veteran backup there for Sam Darnold. Uh, have a guy who, just in case Sam Darnold gets mono again, to to go in there and, and, and play a few games and not have... Uh, whoever they had last year, David Fales and, and Luke Falk come in and play quarterback uh, for the Jets when Sam Darnold goes down. So hopefully Joe Flacco can, can get healthy. He had that neck surgery last year and hopefully he can get back to that elite level that he believed that he was at some point. And then we also have uh, running back Carlos Hyde signing with the Seattle Seahawks. There was a lot of rumors that potentially the Seahawks would sign Marshawn Lynch again, bring him back. I can't even begin to understand why you would want to do that. I mean, we saw last year Marshawn Lynch has absolutely nothing left. I think he averaged something like under two yards a carry last year when he was with the Seahawks. So to me, Carlos Hyde is definitely a better option than than Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Carlos Hyde actually quietly had a really good season last year in Houston. He rushed for a thousand yards. Uh, he played pretty well, but uh, yeah, he, he only gets a one-year deal here from Seattle and signs really late into free agency process. I think he was dealing with some injuries that could have affected it, but I think I think Carlos Hyde could go in and, and have an impact in Seattle. They like to run the ball a lot. Um, so yeah, that's just a, a couple of smaller signings. Not a whole lot going on in the news right now, but uh, without further ado, why don't we just jump right into the main part of the show, what you guys came here for. All right, here we go. One big question for every team in the NFC. Uh, one big question going into the 2020 NFL season. You know, these teams might think they have it figured out uh, at this point, but I'm going to tell you, no, you don't have it figured out. I'm going to give you one question before you start the NFL season that will plague you for the entire season. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Starting off with the NFC North, we're going to start with the division winners, the Green Bay Packers. And my biggest question for the Green Bay Packers is, what is this offense going to look like? Uh, you know, and that might be a head-scratching question, but this offseason, they did absolutely nothing to help Aaron Rodgers. They they didn't get him any weapons. 
as far as receivers go. Uh, they they went out and they they drafted a a guy to replace him in the future. And then in the second round, they went and got A.J. Dillon out of Boston College, who is a, a beast of a man uh, at the running back position. So what is this offense going to look like? Uh, it seems to me that Matt LaFleur there, the head coach, wants to move more towards a, a run-first uh, attack, which seems you know, kind of, kind of bizarre when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game uh, on your team. But, uh, you know, if, if that's what you want to do, uh, Seattle's been doing that for a while. They've been leaning on the run game, and they've been fairly successful. I mean, still only one Super Bowl like the Green Bay Packers. But to me, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be really fired up, and he's going to want to prove to the Packers, prove to everybody that he's still the guy, he's still the man. But will he even get that chance? Because it seems like Matt LaFleur is, is leaning towards that, uh, that run-heavy attack that, that a team like the Tennessee Titans, where he came from, was so good at with Derrick Henry. Uh, so, you know, they went out and they got A.J. Dillon to be kind of their Derrick Henry. So what is this offense going to look like? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers going on a revenge tour and, and ripping dudes' heads off and, 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 and potentially winning MVP? Or is it going to be a run-first attack and, and totally change up uh, what they have there in Green Bay? Moving on to the next team in the NFC North, and it's the Minnesota Vikings. And to me, my question is, Sort of rude, but my question is, can Kirk Cousins do anything important? Uh, <laughs> this is a genuine, you know, concern that I have. Kirk Cousins, I personally like Kirk Cousins. I have been a Kirk Cousins fan for years. I think that he's at times underrated. I think he, he, he's a solid quarterback, and he's done some some things in his in his career that, that have been important, I guess. So kind of contradicting myself there, but, um, you know, obviously he had the the playoff win last year against New Orleans, but can he do something important? I mean, if you look at his record on prime time, uh, the guy just, he struggles when everybody's watching. He struggles uh, in, in positions where where all eyes are on him. Uh, this team, you know, they still have talent. They lost Stephon Diggs uh, last year, so, so maybe, it, you know, that defense is aging a little bit. Their Super Bowl window might be closing. They might not be uh, as dominant a team as, as they were the last few years, so... Can Kirk Cousins step up and, and do something important, do something worthwhile, lead his team to something important, lead his team to a to to a Super Bowl, lead his team to a, to another NFC Championship game, take this team over the top. I mean, because this team has not made it as far as they did with Case Keenum at quarterback the year before they signed uh, Kirk Cousins. So, you know, to me, this is on Kirk Cousins. He just signed a contract extension. You know, he... He needs to step up and, and, and be the man. Do something worthwhile. Do something that makes all the money that you've made in your entire career uh, worth it. I mean, step up, Kirk Cousins. And now moving on to the third team in the NFC North, and it's the Chicago Bears. Duh, Bears. Um, going, going into this season, uh, you know, they coming off a really disappointing season last year. Uh, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, or as the producer of the show, Joe, likes to call him, Mitch Trubisky, um, had, had a very disappointing season last year. Um, and to me, the, the question for, for the Bears is, can either quarterback be the guy? Uh, they went out and got uh, Nick Foles via trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, one of the you know more head-scratching things looking back now as there was guys like Andy Dalton and Cam Newton is still available on the open market, you could have got for, not for free, but you wouldn't have had to give up any assets to, to acquire these guys other than paying them a very small contract. And I would have loved to see Cam Newton in, in this offense and, and maybe he could spark this, this kind of boring offense. But can either quarterback be the guy? I mean, we, you know, is there any hope left for Mitch Trubisky? Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know totally what the vibe is with Bears fans on Mitch Trubisky to me it seems like maybe he's just never going to be that guy and, and and you know with Nick Foles can he step up and be the guy we've seen flashes this guy's a Super Bowl MVP this guy beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl can he step up obviously last year was extremely disappointing in Jacksonville got injured right away and then uh, Gardner Minshew came in and, and, and stole the show uh, so a really disappointing season last year in Jacksonville can he step up and and be the guy in Chicago 
can either quarterback be the guy? This team has a, a really, really good defense, and, and there are some weapons there on offense. Uh, can can either quarterback step up? Uh, Matt Nagy, you know, he was a guy that was considered one of the best coaches in the NF, NFL not that long ago, just a couple years back, and, and last season really, I think, made him look a lot worse. Uh, and, it, and if neither quarterback can step up and be the guy, his job, Ryan Pace's job there, the GM, could be in, in jeopardy this upcoming season. So one of these quarterbacks, to me, needs to step up this season, and I'm just not totally confident that one of them will. Moving on to the final team in the NFC North, and it is the Detroit Lions. Uh, this team has a lot of pressure, I think, going into this season, and that kind of ties into my question, and it's can Patricia and Quinn save their jobs this upcoming season? I think uh, if if they play like they did last season, if if it's another disappointing, boring, uh, uneventful Lions season like we've seen so many over the last forever since the Lions have existed, um, I think Matt Patricia, the head coach, and, and Bob Quinn, the GM, could be out of there. Uh, th I think they need to do some special things. Matthew Stafford uh, has played so well over his career, and, and the Lions have done absolutely nothing with him, just like they did with Barry Sanders, just like they did with Calvin Johnson. Uh, the Lions are notorious for wasting guys' careers and doing absolutely nothing with them. And to me, can the Lions do enough to save these guys' jobs? Do you even want to save these guys' jobs at this point? Uh, are we totally sure that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are the right guys for this team right now? Are the right guys to turn this team around? To me, I just I just want to see the Lions do something. It, it's it, it's kind of like the Kirk Cousins thing. Just do something important. Uh, the Lions are a team that... I've never looked at and said, ooh, I cannot wait to watch this Lions game coming up this weekend. I cannot wait to watch the Lions. I cannot wait to watch uh, that game at Ford Field. You know, uh, Do something. Do something entertaining. Be an entertaining offense. Even when they had Matthew Stafford and, and Megatron, they, you know, they, they were never a team that you looked at as, as a team that was worth uh, watching, a team that you would, you would spend uh, time on a Sunday away from your team watching this team. You know, just do something, do something to save your jobs, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. And that kind of wraps up my NFC North, sort of a negative division as far as question goes. Like things are kind of negative. Hopefully it gets a little bit more positive coming into the other divisions. Moving on to the NFC South. This is a, a really fun division going into this season. Uh, we have really three teams that, that I think could be potential playoff teams this year. Uh, and then you have another team that maybe maybe is not there uh, on that tier, but I think it, this is definitely this is usually one of the better divisions in football. We see it almost every year. We rarely have a repeat champion of this division. Um, so uh, starting off, why don't we just start off with the New Orleans Saints, the winner uh, last year, the the winner of the NFC South. And my big question for the Saints is is can you finish it off? I mean, we've we've seen this same. Uh, story every single year for for years now. Uh, the Saints are this dominant offensive team, this the, one of the best teams in football, if not the best teams in football during the regular season. But when it comes to the playoffs, they lose in and often in heartbreaking, heartbreaking fashion. Uh, and obviously, you can you can say last year uh, potentially Kyle Rudolph pushed off on that game winning touchdown there in overtime. Um, you can. Obviously, the year before that against the Rams, the absolutely egregious penalty that cost them a potential trip uh, to the Super Bowl. And then you had the Minneapolis miracle the year before then, um, which really no excuses there. But to me, uh, no more excuses. Don't blame referees. Don't blame bad calls. Uh, you know, put yourself in position to to win these games. You know, you, this game against Minnesota this last year didn't have to go to overtime. You know, uh, be that dominant team that you were during the regular season. Be that team in the postseason when it really matters. This could be, and I think this will be, Drew Brees' final season there at quarterback in New Orleans. You know, are you gonna are you gonna do something? Are you gonna finish it off? Are you gonna win another Lombardi Trophy before Drew Brees is gone? Before uh, Taysom Hill or whoever the heck is gonna take over there at quarterback? Um, can you finish it off? Can you, you know? Bring that dominance from the regular season into the postseason. That's the biggest question for me for the Saints team. 
Moving on to the next team in the NFC South, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and to me, this team, this is an intriguing team because I, I could see this team going, uh, going let's say eleven and five, or I could see this team going four and twelve, and neither one would really surprise me all that much. But my biggest question for this team is, how good can this offense be? Uh, this defense, I think, this year is it's not going to be that good. It wasn't very good last year. I think it was an absolute liability for the first uh, three quarters of the season. Kind of improved there at the end. But uh, how good can this offense be? Because I think this offense is going to have to be really good like they were a few years ago when they played in the Super Bowl. I mean, this this off- offense, they, they, they have weapons. They have, obviously, Matt Ryan, who has been one of the more underrated quarterbacks of uh, the last decade. I mean, the guy just plays at a really high level every year. Uh, they have Julio Jones. Um, they have uh, Todd Gurley, who they brought in. They they have Calvin Ridley there. They brought in Hayden Hurst from uh, from from the um, the Baltimore Ravens uh, in a trade there. And they have a really really good O line that they've built over the last few few years there in Atlanta. I think this offense has the ability to be something really special. I just want to know how good they can be. Uh, we've seen this team. Uh, really disappoint on that side of the ball a couple times uh, in the last couple seasons and not be as good as they maybe have the ability to be. And I think if this offense is, is chugging chugging along, is, is firing on all cylinders, they can be a really, really fantastic team and a really, really fun-to-watch team. Can Todd Gurley, you know, get back to, to what he was before before his arthritis and his knees took took over? Sorry, that's not funny, but it's it's... It's terrible. Hopefully, he can get back to that level that he was at before that. Uh, and I think, you know, this offense is going to need to score a lot of points because I don't think their defense is very good. They've lost a lot on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, and and my big question is just how good can this offense be? Can this offense be good enough to compete in this in this tough division? Moving on to the next team in the NFC South, and it is uh, one of the teams that's got the most play in in sports media this year one of the teams that uh espn uh every everybody is talking about uh this offseason obviously they they went out and signed tom brady uh the the greatest quarterback of all time they went out and and brought in rob gronkowski to that already really really talented offense that they had there and that's the tampa bay buccaneers in case you couldn't have guessed it already and my big question for the tampa bay buccaneers is can you live up to expectations we saw last year uh, what expectations did for a team like the Cleveland Browns last year? The Cleveland Browns last year were the were the the last year's version of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are this year, and they're this this team that's being hyped up, that's give, given all these primetime games, that has all these expectations. But can you live up to the expectations? Uh, expectations can sometimes really come back to punch you in the mouth if if you don't live up and 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 you and you disappoint. You know, this team has, it looks like all the tools to be a really, really good team this this coming season. I hope they're a really good team. It, to me, it would be really entertaining to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers be a good team. But, you know, this division's, you know, going to be no cakewalk. You have the Saints, who are dominant every year uh, in the regular season. You have the Falcons, who I think could be a frisky team this upcoming year. You know, the Panthers, they're not going to be, they're not going to be a slouch either uh, in certain games. But to me, uh, I... The biggest question for the Buccaneers and the biggest concern I have is living up to the expectations. Because right now, the expectations are through the roof with this team. So, uh, to me, that's the biggest question for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is can you live up to the expectations? And moving on to the final team in the NFC South. And it is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, This team fired Ron Rivera last season. So, they're bringing in Matt Rule, the new head coach of the, the Carolina Panthers. hope He's hoping that he can rebuild this team like he did in college with Temple and with uh, Baylor. Uh, to me, the biggest question for this team is 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 about one of their biggest off-season acquisitions, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. And it's, can Teddy be the man? That's my biggest question. Can Teddy Bridgewater be the man? Um, we've seen him uh, with potential. Last year, he played... He played well. He, he managed the game there um, in New Orleans when, when Drew Brees went down with that injury. He, he played well enough to, to go 5-0, and I believe, last year 
with the with the New, or- New Orleans Saints, and we saw some flashes with him when he was in Minnesota. Uh, you know, we've seen some flashes with Teddy Bridgewater, but can he can he really be the guy? Because I think if if he's not, this team uh, this upcoming season is going to be looking uh, at the at the draft class this year that has some really really good quarterbacks, and they're going to be looking to move on and and start fresh. Matt Rule start fresh with with one of these young exciting. Um, quarterbacks like a guy like Trevor Lawrence who could stay right there in state and and play for Carolina. So to me, this this season's about can Teddy Bridgewater step up and and be the man of this team. And you know he has weapons. I think uh, this team will not be all that great this year, in my opinion. I think we could see them kind of a as a as a six and ten, you know, seven and nine type of team this upcoming season. Uh, but they, you know, defensively they may they may lack some some talent, especially there in the secondary. But offensively, they they have some really some really talented guys. I mean, Joe Joe Brady got brought in, uh, the former LSU offensive coordinator. He lit up uh, college football last year with Joe Burrow there, uh, in that fantastic LSU offense. And you already have Christian McCaffrey, who is arguably the best running back in the NFL. And you have you brought in Robbie Anderson to 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 match up with DJ Moore and, and and Curtis Samuel, the receivers that you have there already. So there are weapons around Teddy Bridgewater to to make him uh, potentially uh, come out and be the guy for this team. And I think you know a lot of pressure is on guys like T- Teddy Bridgewater this season to step up and and be the guy because there's going to be a lot of a lot of quarterbacks that are in the same spot as Teddy this upcoming season. The next draft class, as far as quarterbacks go, is, is a really good one. So uh, I think we could see teams saying, hey, you know, we'll look at Teddy Bridgewater. We'll see what he can do this season. But if, if he's just not the guy, if he just doesn't show something that impresses us, there's some really, really good quarterbacks in this draft. So to me, the biggest question for the Panthers is, is can Teddy step up and, and lead this team and, and become a franchise quarterback and not just a guy with potential? Moving on to the NFC East, this division was the worst division in football last year. I mean, just absolutely atrocious. The It seemed like any of the team, none of the teams really wanted to make the playoffs last year. The Eagles barely snuck in and won that division and were able to, to make the playoffs and, and lose in the first round to Seattle. But uh, yeah, moving on to that team, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, my biggest question for them going into the season is who is going to help Carson Wentz? Uh, Carson Wentz uh, is another quarterback that I really like. Uh, I think he he at times is is underrated. I think he, to me he looks like a franchise quarterback. To me, I don't think the Eagles need to be worried at the quarterback position other than potentially him getting injured, like we've seen uh, in his career before. Obviously, they brought in Jalen Hurts. <clears throat> they drafted him in the second round this year as sort of a questionable draft pick, but. Uh, to me, Carson Wentz is not the problem on this team. Last year, obviously, you had a ton of injuries at receiver and at a lot of the skill positions. Uh, you, so you didn't really have a lot of help around Carson Wentz. And, and to me, you you need to find somebody to step up. They went out and got Jalen Rager. Uh, they traded for Marquise Goodwin. Uh, is Alshon Jeffrey going to step up and, and be that guy like he was during their Super Bowl run? Uh, you know, who is going to help Carson Wentz? Who's going to help him... Uh, get back to that MVP caliber that he was playing at during that Super Bowl run when they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Uh, I, I think Carson Wentz just needs help, and who's going to step up and help him? That's the biggest question for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and, and moving on next to the, the second team in the NFC East, and that's the, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, America's team, if you want to call them that. I wouldn't, but you can call them that if you want to. Uh, and my biggest question for the Cowboys is, can your defense do enough? Can your defense do enough? There's no doubt in my mind this offense is going to be really, really good this year. Uh, Dak Prescott is is a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, the Cowboys are a team that that are so beloved by so many people. But uh, you know, when you're so beloved, there's also uh, so many people on the exact opposite side, and you're so hated by so many people. And I think a lot of that hate goes goes really deep with the Cowboys. So I think people just automatically assume that. Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback. That they like to hate on Dak Prescott, but to me, Dak Prescott is a phenomenal quarterback uh, that they found in the fourth round. And I really like Dak Prescott. This offense, I think, is going to drop forty points a game. They're going to be a really, really fun offense. They have Kellen Moore there, uh, Mike McCarthy uh, at head coach. 
I think this offense is going to be really good. But the biggest question for me for the Cowboys is can your defense do enough? Do just enough. We've su- we've seen this the last few years with the Kansas City Chiefs who have this uh, explosive, crazy offense but have a defense that's, that's a liability. The, the Chiefs were able to do it. The Chiefs were able to get their defense to do just enough. They brought in just enough guys, you know, bringing in a guy like Frank Clark, uh, like Tyron Matthew, um, to, to do just enough to win that Super Bowl. And that's really the biggest question for the Cowboys. Can your defense do enough? Your offense is going to be phenomenal, uh, just like it was last year. But can your, can your defense do enough to, to keep you in games, to keep the other team from, to, from scoring with you? Uh, this team has major holes on that defensive side of the ball. Um, they lost some key guys this offseason. They lost Robert Quinn. Uh, they, they lost Byron Jones to Miami. Uh, he got a huge contract with the Dolphins. Um, you have some some big holes to fill there on defense. Who's going to rush the passer for you? How much are you expecting out of a 31-year-old Alden Smith uh, there in Dallas? And do you do you have enough for this defense to to step up and and make make just enough plays for you to potentially be where Kansas City was last year? Moving on to the next team, and it's the New York Giants, the G-Men. Uh, my biggest question for the New York Giants, uh, I've talked about it, how they're sort of a boring team uh, a couple episodes ago with the superlatives. Uh, maybe not very fair, but that's fine. I just don't find them very interesting. Uh, to me, their biggest question is, what is your identity? What is this team's identity? What do I think about when I think about the 2020 New York Giants? Uh, you had DeAndre Baker in the news this, this offseason with the stupidity that he's been doing. Um, so, you know, you're losing a, a young key player there, even though he didn't play all that well last year. Um, so there's there's so many holes on this roster. This this roster has a whole lot of really weak spots, but, you know, under the new head coach there, Joe Judge, what are you going to identify yourself as? What are you going to be? Are you going to be a run-first team? Are you going to be a guy that's, or are you going to be a team that's built around a guy like Saquon Barkley? Are you going to build around him? Uh, is Daniel Jones going to take that next step and and maybe this will this will be a, a more of a passing attack? To me, this team needs to find an identity this season. They need to. I don't think they're going to be very good this season. I don't think they're ready to be good this season. They have a lot of holes. A very very young team. Um, I, you know what what is going to be your identity in New York? Uh, Odell Beckham's been gone for a u- few years, and uh, that was kind of their identity for a while. Was they had all of this attention from from younger fans because of Odell Beckham, but you got rid of him. And now you got to find a new identity under this new era here. Eli Manning's gone. I think it's it's time for the Giants to find a new identity this season. Moving on to the final team in the NFC East, and it's the team that was picking number two uh, in the draft this, this uh, offseason. And it's the Washington Redskins. Obviously, they took Chase Young, the generational, potential generational pass rusher, with a number two pick uh, in this year's draft. And my biggest question for the Washington Redskins is, can your pass rush hide the holes on this team? Uh, This is another team, like the Giants, that there are holes on this roster. We don't even know who the quarterback's going to be coming into this season. You know, is it going to be Dwayne Haskins? Is he going to get another shot? Uh, Or or is is somebody else going to step up and and be the quarterback for for this team? This team... Has a lot of uh, has a lot of really good young uh, aspects to that team. They have a re- a lot of really good young talent and a lot of really really good talent on that defensive line. I mean, their defensive line is stacked. This could be one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. You have Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Deron Payne. Uh, you know, guys like that. Uh, Matt Ioannidis. You have guys like that on that defensive line. This defensive line could be really, really, really special this year, but can they do enough to hide some of the holes, some of the growing pains that I think they're going to experience on offense? And I think that's going to be something that uh, Ron Rivera is going to have to have to deal with this year. Is is you know you have this really, really talented defensive line, but there, there's going to be uh, you know parts of this team that that are not going to be nearly as good, not going to be nearly as talented. And can your defensive line make up for some of those mistakes? Moving on to the final division and save the best for last. I think this is going to be one of the more entertaining divisions in football this year. 
And it's the NFC West. We have the 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. All teams, in my opinion, that could be potential playoff contenders. Uh, a couple of them could be potential Super Bowl contenders this year. Uh, but we're going to start right off with the Super Bowl runner-ups from last year, the San Francisco 49ers. And my biggest question for them is, can Jimmy G shut up the critics? This whole offseason, all you've heard from from everybody in sports media is Jimmy G, you know, couldn't win that game. Could not make that pass to Emmanuel Sanders late in the game to win uh, the Niners the Super Bowl. Uh, Jimmy G isn't enough. We saw rumors that they were potentially trying to sign Tom Brady. And you've had 49ers players continually going to the defense of Jimmy G, having to stand up for, for Jimmy G, having to stick up for him, say, hey, this is our quarterback, we believe in him. No, but now it's Jimmy G's turn. Uh, can he step up and, and be the type of guy that his teammates are saying he is? Be the guy there. Be uh, more than just a game manager. Be more than a guy who throws eight passes in a playoff game. Don't be a guy that your head coach is scared to have throw the ball in key situations. Be a guy who can who can win, who can grab victory out of the jaws of defeat and win games for your team instead of just doing enough to not lose games for your team. So to me, I want to see Jimmy G step up and be a franchise quarterback this season. Next up, we have the Second team in the NFC West, and it's the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and for me, the biggest question is, is there enough around Russell Wilson? Uh, Russell Wilson is phenomenal. PFF had him ranked as the number one quarterback last year. Uh, and, and I think that's deserving. He's probably one of the best quarterbacks. You could put him right up there, top three, top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, you know, up there with Patrick Mahomes, up there with guys like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Russell Wilson is really good, but is there enough around him to to make a deep playoff run, to make a potential Super Bowl run? Uh, he hasn't always had uh, tremendous talent around him. Defensively, they've usually had a pretty good defensive team. Uh, a lot of that defense is getting old and, and no longer a part of the team there. Richard Sherman's gone. Uh, Cam Chancellor's gone. Earl Thomas is gone. Uh, but on offense there, they have just have never been able to build a decent offensive line around Russell Wilson, and he can only do so much. He's an incredible talent, a just a fantastically fun-to-watch person. But he needs help. Uh, DK Metcalf obviously was a really, really good receiver for them last year, really came into his own as a rookie. They have other uh, talent on that team, but is it enough for you to, to make that next step with Russell Wilson? Because we've seen uh, Russell Wilson doing it all by himself. Is, it's not working. It's not doing the job for the Seahawks. They're not making it back to the Super Bowl. So is there enough talent there in Seattle to make a deep playoff run, to make a Super Bowl run? Next up, it's the Los Angeles Rams. And my question for the Los Angeles Rams is they've had sort of a weird last couple off, off seasons, kind of they, they made a lot of really, really big signings, a lot of really, really big trades to get some big names and some big contracts. And now it's really coming back to bite them in the butt. Uh, their cap space is looking pretty bad. They had to get rid of a lot of guys. They don't have guys like like Todd Gurley on their roster anymore. Uh, and Dominican Sue is not there anymore, who was also a big signing that they had a couple years ago. <clears throat> My biggest question for them is, is your window shut? Uh, what is this team going to be this season? I, I'm i not very hopeful this season as far as this team being a, a Super Bowl contender anymore. Uh, but my question for them, is your window shut? Are you going to rebuild? Is this going to be a rebuilding offseason after this season? Which could very much happen with a lot of the talent that they've lost. They might have to tear this down and restart there in Los Angeles. You know they don't want to do that uh, when they're trying to sell tickets to a brand new stadium. But... Is your window shut? Are you going to win games this season? Are you going to say, no, we're going to slam that window wide open and we're going to go for another Super Bowl? Uh, do you have enough on your on your roster? Is Jared Goff enough at quarterback to, to be a Super Bowl contender still? Or are you going to have to go into maybe a soft rebuild and try and start all over again? Because, uh, you know, there's a this team's in a tough spot as far as cap space and and, and they don't have as as much talent as, as they maybe did the last few years. Their team doesn't look as good or as dominant as we thought they were uh, when they were playing in the Super Bowl. 
a couple years ago. Uh, so to me, I want to know what are the Rams going to be after the season? Are they going to be a team that's talked about as one of the better teams in the NFC, one of the better teams in the NFL, or are they going to have to really try this again uh, and, and give Sean McVay another chance to try and, and build this team? Moving on to the final team of the one big question for every team in the NFC, and it's the team that really potentially won the offseason. The biggest trade of the offseason was DeAndre Hopkins, that one of the best receivers in football being traded to the Arizona Cardinals. And my big question for the Arizona Cardinals is, uh, can Kyler Murray take the next step? Uh, we've seen second-year quarterbacks the last two years win MVP. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy like Kyler Murray. I mean, we saw Lamar Jackson this last year, and we saw Patrick Mahomes uh, the year before. And their second seasons really, really spring and, and, and become uh, an elite and a, and a fantastic top-tier quarterback in their second season. And now all of a sudden you're hearing all this chatter. You're hearing all this talk about Kyler Murray potentially being uh, the next in line to do that. That's a lot of pressure to put on a on a young kid like him. Um, but can he do it? Can he take the next step? Because I think if he if he can, this team can can go wherever that he takes them. Uh, this team, you know, they, they 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 spent money. They they spent draft picks to improve this team. They brought in Isaiah Simmons uh, in the first round to improve to improve this defense. Uh, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins in there to to improve the offense. Last year, they they traded for Kenyon Drake, who they felt like fit more at the running back position there than David Johnson did. Uh, and they and they got, I think, a steal with Josh Jones there at tackle uh, later on in the draft too. Uh, this team's building. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it this year is going to is gonna ride on Kyler Murray. Uh, can he take that next step? Can he live up to expectations? Because I think the expectations are going to be high for him coming this season. And I think uh, this team, it's another one of these teams that I could see them going uh, 12 and four, or I could see them going four and 12 and I wouldn't be totally surprised. I would be disappointed to see them go, uh, to, to have a losing season, but, uh, I could see it go either way. And it, a lot of it's going to ride on Kyler Murray and on second year head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Can they take that step together? Can they move on, uh, and, and build on what they did last year and become a dominant team in this division and a dominant team in the NFC? And that basically wraps it up on today's show. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, be sure to check back next Tuesday and every Tuesday for a, for a new episode uh, of the podcast. Uh, don't forget to follow us on, on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Average Joe Show. Uh, be sure to do that. Keep in contact with, with me if, uh, you know, I try to be... Uh, open some, uh, have some open discussions on, on Instagram uh, and, and really just interact with some of the followers of the podcast. And, and if you're listening to this show on, on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating, leave a review, uh, share this podcast with your friends, with your family. I would really appreciate that um, as we're, we continue to try to grow. And uh, yeah, uh, until next time, we will uh, see you guys on the next one. 